So you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you did it at home in a warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later right here on the Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. You're still going to miss out on some things that we think are pretty important about church, namely community, being surrounded by people who love you and sometimes challenge you. Uh, You'll miss out on music and you'll miss out on all the snackums that we get after service, but we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or perfect preachers. We're your average pastors helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started the podcast, so if you're away from home or working or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas that float around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, snuggle up, maybe in your favorite onesie, with a cup of coffee, and receive this with an open mind and an open heart. Highly recommend the sloth onesie. Okay. Big fan of that one. Okay. And a quick note, we don't really care if you agree with us about sloth onesies or anything else. Which is not to say we don't care what you think. We think it's important that you are actively working out what you believe. And if that means that sometimes you disagree with us, that's cool. We're happy to be in conversation with you. We hope that you have other good conversation partners because our sincere hope is that whatever you believe and whatever you're working on figuring out what you believe, that you'll experience this mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. Second Sunday of Advent. Woo-hoo-hoo. Advent is? Advent is the coming, the anticipation, the time of waiting and preparation. The arrival. And the waiting arrival. for the arrival of the Jesus baby. Of the Jesus baby. Stop and, Jesus. And and for the second coming, too. You know, sure. The, the, right? So we got to remember it's, a, it's one of those liminal spaces. Mm-hmm. Very important to talk about. So I talked this week um, in my sermon about Zachariah. Okay. And my favorite part about this was I gave a pop quiz. Zechariah the prophet or Zechariah like the uncle of Jesus? Well, Zechariah the father of John the Baptist. Got it. Okay. Right. But what was so funny was the first service they gave me like the total blank looks. Because they didn't know who he was? Because they were like, uh. And then at second service, because a couple of the folks who are like in the band and stuff come to first service, they had all the answers. Oh, and so they like totally seated. No, they totally seated the congregation. So people actually had something to say. It was really funny. I, I see. Because usually it's eight o'clock. It's like. It's like they're grading on a curve at this point. They're saying, okay, we got to just salt the. Yeah. Salt the yeah a little, a little bit. bit of that. So. So anyway, you know, Zachariah, he's older. He's married to Elizabeth, who is also older. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a priest. priest. And his encounter with. The angel Gabriel, and it happens in the Holy of Holies, and he's in there so long, his friends think that uh, maybe he's died. <laughs> really? Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the story, right? Like, they're, like, worried about him because he hasn't come out, and he's been in there for a while. Good thing they tied that rope around his ankle. Yeah. He's told his wife is having a baby, and he asks a question, and Gabriel gets annoyed. Of course, Gabriel is very short-tempered. And silences him. Literally. Literally silences him. He can't talk for the entire pregnancy. Which, you know, Elizabeth might really have liked. That's what I thought. Maybe that was just a gift to Elizabeth. It was just a bonus. Bonus, right? Icing on the cake. Sort of like a, a, but you know, I kind of think about it too. It's sort of a big timeout. Yeah. Like, go sit in the corner and figure this out. Yeah. Zachariah, right? You may return to the game if and only if. If and only if. Yeah, so he doesn't speak until it's time to actually name the baby. John is already existing for over a week before he can talk. But he had to write it down first anyway. 
The other fascinating thing about Zachariah is what his name means. Oh, what does his name mean? God remembered. Ooh, interesting. So the scripture, the actual scripture that was read on Sunday morning is Zachariah's song. It's sort of like Mary's song, the mm-hmm. Magnificat, but we call it um, the Benedictus. Okay. When he finally gets to talk, he's speaking of the way that God has remembered both him and Elizabeth and their predicament, but also God's people. So he places his blessing in the cosmic sense with everyone else's as the illustration for how God has been remembering um, that God has been remembering God's covenant, the one made with Abraham. God remembers to show mercy and to deliver God's people from their enemies. And God is remembering God's promises. Uh, and then he talks about God's character. He describes him as strong and saving and merciful and security giving. Like he gives us enough security that we can worship God without fear. Hmm. Then, so that's sort of like the first half of it. Mm-hmm. And then he turns and it's like he's he's like any new father. And he turns and he sort of speaks directly to this baby, to baby John. And he says, oh, John's uh, first sermon. <laughs> yeah, he got to hear his first sermon. Yeah, right. Still a baby, but doesn't, you know, you're destined to be a prophet and your 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 call is to go before the Lord and to prepare the, prepare a way. And, and helping the people understand what forgiveness of their sins will bring. This scene to me reminds me of the scene in The Help where the housekeeper says, you, you is beautiful, you uh-huh. is smart, smart, you is important, important right? And, and I want, it just caused me as a side note to, to wonder how, how many times Zachariah said this to John, hmm. right? Was this the thing that John heard growing up? Or you know, like, it's just an interesting thing, but it's that kind of a statement. It's what like, gives somebody the backbone to be this kind of a prophet doing this kind of a work right right parental pressure parental pressure moral of the story is parents parents put lots of pressure on your children (laughs) and they will become weirdos in the desert right right but in addition you know all throughout this Zachariah's prophecy just exudes joy it's so fun to hear just the joy of being on the edge of a miracle or being in the midst of a miracle which is what it feels like Zachariah is experiencing. He cannot contain himself at all. He just has to, you know, finally has to speak. And when he finally gets to speak, he gets to speak this way. The character, you know, Zachariah is described in the text before this as sort of, he's sort of seen as like a grumpy old man. What? Right? He's sort of grumpy guy who has the audacity to ask Gabriel, how can I be sure that this is going to happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prove it. Prove it. And he's somebody who has, you know, he's lived long enough that... He's probably not surprised by a lot anymore. He's probably not surprised by a lot anymore. He's been in the Holy of Holies. Like, he's he's seen some things, right? He's pretty elite, yeah. Pretty elite and and supposedly, you know, of the faithful, the most faithful, right? Like, that's what his job is. But he experiences redemption as well. Right in the midst of this, like he's not—he's not immune from needing to experience this. Yeah, I think it's fascinating that part of his redemption, his redemption from his privilege, so to speak, yeah, is to shut up and listen. Shut up and listen. Shut up and pay attention. That's where his redemption is. Right. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of folks in the world right now who, who could use that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and, and and in fact, that's what I ended up challenging my folks to do is to pay attention. That's sort of the message I'm hearing this mm-hmm. Advent season that, that I think people need to hear is, is to, to, to really listen, not to the, the talking heads and not to the, the static, mm-hmm. 
put to really listen. I made a joke in the second service, like, you know, sometimes you just need to turn off the Hallmark movies so you can actually hear what the season is about. I know. How dare you? I've preached about Hallmark movies on Christmas Eve before. I know. I know. But just just to really drive home that that point, that Zachariah's message, as beautiful as it is, and as, 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 you know, endearing as it is when you think about who he's talking to and why and, and all those things. I mean, we think waiting, we've been waiting for Jesus a long time. And Zachariah is talking to people who have been waiting a Longer. long time. But but I think his message boils down to the sort of the theme of the week. You know, it's one of those words that we, we've attached to the second Sunday of Advent, and that's peace. Yeah. Because what he's really asking, he's telling people that they're in the midst of is the possibility of real peace. Of, of being able to pay attention, listen, and really experience where God is around them and not miss it. So Zachariah's song is compelling because of those words, because we hear the hope, because we hear hope for peace and a hope for a new creation that come from this baby. I took the opportunity to also talk about miraculous birth stories. Oh. Because there's I realized... There's a lot of them in the Bible. But. There's a lot of them in the Bible, and I, I realized in Bible study, my folks were um, not immune to it. That's not the right word, but sort of like... Removed from it? Removed from it, right? I'm like, okay. Maybe well, it's been a while since they've had babies. <laughs> well, not even that, but it's, for me, the, to be reminded that when there's a, a miraculous birth story, we tell that story because it helps us set this person apart. And that we're talking about John's birth story because he comes and does something that nobody else had done. Or, that, you know, that nobody had come and said, I come and I have this message for you, but I'm not the one you're waiting for. So do you have a miraculous birth story? I know that you have a, a really funny way that your mom told your dad that she was pregnant, which was she waited until he was in the car for eight hours by himself. Yes. Yes. I don't have a miraculous. The birth story I have, though, is for myself. And I had not heard it until I turned 40. Wow. Is for my sister. Because um, my sister was in high school when I was born. Uh-huh. There's a big age difference. One of her friends was working in the in the school office. Um, it was her, like, you know, how you get those yeah, 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 like a little internship job. Like a little thing. internship, right? My sister heard this friend running down the hall towards PE, which is where my sister was, yelling, Ginger, it's a girl! It's a girl! It's a girl! Yeah. All the way through school. That's cool. So, and my, my sister still has the message. The piece of paper the that piece was of paper to her. That was given to her, which I didn't know she had until I was 40. Aww. So, cute anyway yeah what are what are what are the stories we tell about about who we are and why we are who we are and And to be careful about you know sometimes without meaning to the stories that we tell end up being the negative stories oh yeah instead of like really looking for the joy and the hope of the situation Mm because it's amazing how early kids internalize that stuff get that label you know like they, they have a bunch of siblings and it's like well that's the smart one and that's the pretty one and that's the funny one and it's amazing how quickly they internalize that and then behave into that right? instead right. of really becoming the fullness of who they are. And so, you yeah. know, when you're saying, you know, he maybe he told John every day, you is smart, you is beautiful, you is important, you is kind, right. uh, you is important. I kind of wonder, right. like, how much, how much of that was who John was called to be? Right. How much of that was his dad saying, I'm a prophet, you have to be a prophet. Right. You know, well, <laughs> you got to go in the family business here, kid. Then I also think of my own story, and I'm a preacher's kid. Yeah. Like, I grew up in the church, grew up in parsonages. I'm a United Methodist preacher's kid. This is the conference I grew up in. Mm-hmm. My first take into a church, the, the DS said to the This committee, is John's kid. <laughs> based, no, she said, she said, this is, you know, who the bishop intends to appoint as a July 1st, and I've known her since before she was born. Yeah. 
but the call to ministry came outside outside of that relationship outside of that relationship i never talked with my family my parents or my sibling my sister about feeling a call to ministry Right. Until after I had already applied and been accepted to seminary, like it was not part. It was not a part of the conversation because I I knew that my parents would be proud of me no matter what. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have to run run it by them. I didn't have anything. to run it by them. So how do we open the spaces for our kids to become right who they are? Right, right. Without feeling because it sounds like they didn't put any pressure on you at all. Mm-mm. No, I could still be doing what I had been doing, and they would be proud of me. But they were excited. I mean. Even after I'm, you know, under appointment and graduated from seminary, and our conversations were not always about church. Church. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> not to have to go home and still talk about church. Right. Well, your dad retired before. Before I was appointed. Yeah. Before you were appointed. Yeah, but he was still serving. Um, he was active. He filled in for Bishop Brown after Bishop Brown got elected at Bakersfield first. Yeah. And he he also filled in as district superintendent when one died in office. So. Oof. Yeah. But anyway, that's a whole nother story. Coming back to what, you know, like that, like you're, you're right. Like that's my personal take on this, right? Mm-hmm. And then, but what I said to folks is that, you know, like pay attention in the season. Yeah. Find time to be quiet. Well, Shut up for a while. What you are becoming. Figure out what you are becoming. Figure out where, where God is calling you. I just started reading that Michelle Obama book, Becoming. Oh. Mm-hmm. And so it really is about, I have been a lot of things, you know, I wasn't always on track to be one thing. I did a lot of things and I'm going to do a lot of things and I'm still becoming right. whatever's next. And, uh, and to, so just remember, it's not, we're not done yet. Yeah. There's not a, there's not a right. finale here. Like yeah. you just keep becoming and becoming and becoming. And you and I hear this a lot from our folks who are older, like, why am I still here? Yeah, what am I supposed to do now? What am I supposed to do now? I Help don't, us figure out how to do ministry with you. you right? Yeah. Uh, figure out what, you know, and, you know, God is not yet done. Right. Something's happening. And, um, and if you can listen to it, if you can help us crack that code, all the better. All the better. We'd love to be in on it. So, yeah. Anyway, so that was our conversation about Zachariah. Cool. Well, thanks, Susan. Thanks to all of you for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. If you have questions for us or stories about what we've been discussing, you can shoot us an email, sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook or at sundaymorningsleepin.com where you'll find an archive of every episode we've ever recorded along with links to the scriptures and other things we talked about. The scripture for this podcast is Luke 1, 68 to 79, and the theme music you're hearing right now is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. And at the end of our worship and our end of our podcast, we give a, a benediction, a sending forth, a, a going out, a, well, if you've been sleeping in, a wake-up call, right? Yeah. <laughs> For me, this today, that is go and find peace. Find that oneness, find that experience of God that gives you hope. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. <laughs>